is Chiang Mai, a picturesque sanctuary in northern Thailand where artists, aid workers, and tourists come for great food, shopping, and scenery. But not far from the temples and the night markets, these girls cater to a different kind of tourist. I'm sorry, what? Young girl, young lady. Young lady? 18, 19 years old. Thailand is a popular destination for sex tourism, with up to 300,000 prostitutes at work throughout the country. The sex trade here takes several forms, the line is blurriest at massage parlors like these. Thailand is famous for its cheap massages, but many of them offer more than just a back rub. There are actual brothels here as well. We went to Bangkok, where we were approached by pimps trying to sell us on a visit. If you go now, now, too many girls. Now many yeah, girls. Many girls yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. In, in this place, in this place, now many girls. Ah, uh, uh, many, many uh, women. About uh, seventy girls. Seventy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's seventy girls here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. For the room, you don't pay for the room. No? You don't pay for the room. Yeah. Where's the room? Yeah. Here. Upstairs, yeah. Upstairs here. Uh, you see the lady first hall, the upstairs room. What if the lady? Do do I choose the lady? Yes, sir. You see the number, number one, uh -huh. two, three, four, five, six, seven, many, many ladies. You like? How many yes. ladies are there? Uh, 25. 25 ladies? So we just ran into a pimp and uh, talked to him in an alleyway right here in the Patpong district. And he told us that uh, they've got about 25 girls upstairs. We can go up and have our pick. 1,200 baht, which is about uh, $40 uh, for two hours anything we want, everything we want. And uh, we pressed him a little bit on whether or not we could get any girls that were under 18. And he said that they were all busy right now. He said, also said lots of police, I think. But uh, he made it clear that if we come back and see him during the daytime, that he can find us an underage girl, anything we want. There isn't a huge social stigma here for this kind of work, and some women enter it willingly, but others have very little choice. And grew up in the village in the northern of Thailand, and around our villages, every year there will be the traffickers that came to our village and pick out girls, boys, that about to finish primary school. They will come and pick us up and take us to work with them in the city, in the brothel, in the karaoke bars, in the massage parlor. The people that came to our village would say to our parents, they would give their children the better job and they would send money to our parents every month. The parents, unknowing what would happen to the children, send the children off to the brothel. In neighboring Burma, also known as Myanmar, a civil war has been raging for more than half a century which means lots of displaced and desperate people. Burma produces about a quarter of the world's supply of opium, most of which is exported through Thailand. Those same corridors also transport young boys and girls who have been kidnapped from their homes. Dave Eubank runs a humanitarian aid organization that's been working in Burma for more than two decades. So Dave, tell me about these girls. Well, these are all Karen nurses. And some of these kids never remember 
ever being in a real village. They were always under a bush or under a tarp or under some banana leaves because they're fleeing their whole lives. They're in hiding all in the hiding time. the whole time until they're finally forced to flee down here. And we're still inside Karen State, Burma, in an internally displaced site mm -hmm. because they don't want to cross the border to go to a refugee camp. They want to have a chance to maybe go home one day. So they're here. Now they've grown up and they're all become, this group has all become nurses. And we were asking them about, you know, what happened when you, on the way here? Well, we, were, we fled and the Burma army destroyed our villages. I never even saw my village. Um, one girl was talking about how one of her friend's family was captured, the whole family. And, and then the mother got away, but the father was killed, the son was killed, and the eight-year-old daughter- Who's her age. Who's her age, was captured and taken away and never returned. So we're in this village now, it's, these are refugees, but uh, if the, Bur the Burma army's nearby, right? Right, they're there and they're there. Okay, so if the Over Burma days. army came into this village, typically what would be the fate of some pretty girls like these young girls here? If they were captured, they'd have a high chance of getting raped and then taken back to the Burma army camp, raped again and again and again. Some may not survive that. Some that do might escape. Others might be trafficked down into lower Burma and that'd be the end of them. They'd be in brothels, they died of AIDS or some other sickness, and that's the end. And I mean, the trafficked all over the world. And maybe trafficked all over the world. These days in America, it's uncommon to see prostitutes just standing out on the street corner like we saw over in Thailand. But that doesn't mean prostitution has gone away. As a matter of fact, it's a growing industry in America, but it takes different forms, from strip clubs to massage parlors to cantinas. With the help of technology, prostitution is getting harder and harder to stop. I began being taken into bars, local bars, um, across Dallas-Fort Worth area, and that's where the events would occur. They would um, basically come to the bar, and there was other girls there, and they would pick one, and, and they had rooms set up in the back. And so sometimes it would be like five minute a night, and sometimes it would be 30 minute a night. Melissa Woodward was trafficked as a child by members of her own family. In the evenings, they would come and doll us up and get us prepared, and we would go up and meet with the clients, and the whole act would begin again. And so for many hours that night, we would have to provide services. It's here, it's alive and well in America, but often people don't see it unless you know the signs to look for. It's mostly hidden, but it's hidden in plain sight. If you go to websites like Craigslist or Backpage.com, sites that people typically use, you will find where these children are located. They meet with the clients at a hotel and it, it doesn't seem any different than if you're a couple walking into a hotel for the night. The North Texas Human Trafficking Task Force is made up of law enforcement and other organizations and works to rescue as many as possible from the nightmare of trafficking. If I didn't work in this line of work and see it every day, I would never believe it. And unfortunately, a lot of people out in the public don't see it, so they don't think it's happening. And it happens all over. It happens all over the city, from your best uh, hotels to your worst uh, motels. In 2013, federal authorities raided nine massage parlors in the Dallas area after a three-year investigation. The affidavit states all of these identified businesses operate as massage parlors, but in reality function as places of prostitution. It goes on to elaborate. Prostitutes are transported from California, Nevada, and Georgia, among other locations. 
of victims are being brought from abroad, either somewhere in Asia, and then to pay for the smuggling fee, they are forced to work at these massage parlors uh, until they pay off that fee. Unfortunately, the fee is so high that it takes them forever to pay it off. One of the first victims that I, I came across was a very young girl. She was 16 years old. Uh, she was brought in from Mexico. Uh, the trafficker uh, found her standing outside a pharmacy and she was holding her baby and she was begging for money to feed her. And the trafficker uh, told her that he could smuggle her into the United States and get her a good job, a decent job where she could make good money and support her baby. The only problem was that he couldn't bring the baby over, but he could bring her over. He brought her over here when she was 16. Uh, we uh, identified her as a victim when she turned uh, 26, and she had, was still working for the trafficker, trying to pay off her debt. The amount of red tape involved in prosecuting a trafficker is very frustrating for law enforcement, and the problem comes down to one of the hot-button issues facing America, our porous southern border. You have to understand most of these individuals are illegal. They're from another country. It's, it's easier to just deport them and try to prosecute them. You just take them across the border, drop them off, and guess what? He'll be right back in the States, and he'll be bringing more girls with him. Over the years, we've seen a lot of different types of cases of human trafficking. Probably uh, a little over two-thirds of the cases we've worked with have involved sex trafficking. The types of cases that have been seen really are women working massage parlors, women working in maybe men's clubs, women that are just doing commercial sex work that are being controlled by somebody. Women being trafficked as prostitutes make up a large part of the human trafficking issue. But the problem goes far deeper than the sex industry. Uh, we've seen women working as domestic servants. We've seen men working as welders. We've seen men working in factories, people working in motels, people working regular eight-hour shifts in motels, getting paid regular check, $1,500 a month deposited in the bank account. The next day, they're writing a check back to the owners of the motel for $1,500. When a person who's been trafficked comes to work with us, our ultimate goal is for that person to attain self-sufficiency, to be free first of all, of the situation where somebody else was running the show and controlling them, but ultimately to be able to function in society on their own. I think one of the things that people need to understand is you cannot separate sex trafficking from pornography or stripping or adult prostitution because so often what happens is these girls grow up and that's their only means of survival. That's what they know. They don't look at it from a moralistic viewpoint. They look at it as this is a way to survive and to make money. In the worldwide scheme of things, uh, the profits are so overwhelming that uh, eventually it's going to overtake drug selling. Drugs can only be sold once, but the human beings can be sold over and over and over, thus making human trafficking a very profitable criminal enterprise.